Welcome to People of Hope, a conversation with the pastoral staff of Ignatius House Jesuit Retreat Center in Atlanta, Georgia. Well, this month on the People of Hope podcast, our conversation is going to center around probably the most well-known Ignatian principle of finding God in all things, but in a unique way. As we soon celebrate the Incarnation, we're going to focus more on the body and the ways we can find God in a union of mind, body, and spirit, and how that can transform our everyday. And so we've invited two guest conversation partners, not on our pastoral team, but affiliated with Ignatius House. Kathy Crosby, who is a spiritual director, and she has done some yoga and Ignatian spirituality retreats for us at Ignatius House and Kimmy Natuno, who's fairly new to our Ignatius House family, and she runs Trinity Movement, which is a ministry of bringing together Eastern and Western spirituality with the practice of Christian yoga. And she has also led Ignatian spirituality and yoga retreats as well at Ignatius House. So I think you two will both bring a lot to this conversation. Finding God in all things is a uh, broad, isn't it? Uh, But maybe as a way to begin, we can just start with the question, where is it easy for you to find God? And then maybe we can get to the hard stuff later. So whoever wishes to begin. Well, um, thank you, Andy. You know, when, um, when you think about places or when I think about places to find God or ways to find God, it's more of a contemplative openness, knowing that God is already present. And that's where I find a yoga practice, my yoga practice, really comes in handy because after all these years, the ability to be still, to be curious, to wait a moment to see what God has to offer in that moment can really happen anywhere from on the mat to working in my garden, uh, to sitting with a directee, to sitting in the middle of my congregation at church, um, with my family, with my grandchildren, but always coming back into the, hmm, where is right here, right now? Yeah, I could not have uh, answered that more beautifully, Kathy. I'll just kind of expand on that. Um, My yoga practice is definitely a way that I can meet God in prayer, in conversation. And, you know, I love through Christ, it's the one thing that we share with God is our humanity, is our physicalness, right? Our body. And, you know, Christ came to share in our suffering. That's how God shared our suffering is through this body. And so we store all of that suffering. We store emotions within the body. And so for me, one way to kind of begin a prayer practice and even taking the prayer practice through movement is to release, you use yoga postures to release that kind of stuck or um, sticking emotions. And then with that release are able to connect uh, with the spirit of God that is within all of us. And again, that comes back to Christ, you know, through him, through the body, we met the spirit of God. And so I like to kind of, it only makes sense for me to go in that direction, but I find God in 
yes, all things. It's beautiful. We live on a farm and just walking and doing my chores is movement, meditative movement, you know, spending time with my three daughters in, you know, being silly and playing games, you know, all of that just brings, it brings joy and uh, the joy of, of, of God. I appreciated that you both began with the body because I think when a lot of people think about this idea of finding God in all things, they're thinking more outside themselves, right? They they see the transcendent of God in the sunset or, or maybe in a baby, maybe in somebody else or in an experience. But it's typically, at least in my imagination, outside of myself. But what a good time to talk about the body when we're going to be celebrating the incarnation, of Christ. Isn't that where it all begins? We have to start there. Yes, we do. I find too that in teaching, it's often a revelation to students. We, when teaching in a Christian atmosphere, as Kimmy and I both do, wait, my body is holy and sacred? And then we say, well, yes, we've been taught that since we were children. But to really have it sink in, that yes, this body is holy, it's sacred, it's a temple of God, I really need to take care of it. And God sees me in my body in this moment. Um, it's just, it's always fun to say, wait, what? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. that expression on someone's face, that we can pull together the body as brothers and sisters with Christ, that we can move into our yoga practice knowing that God is right there within and some would say in the room with us. Well isn't that the Ignatian worldview that all is gift and that doesn't exclude our bodies uh, doesn't exclude anything really and I, I don't know maybe this is the point where we can we can talk about some of those difficult places where it's difficult to find God because I think that concept in conversations that I've had People say, well, how do you find God in a murderer or war or, you know, things like that or in tragedy? How would you respond to that? How can we see those things even as gifts somehow? What is the What would the Ignatian perspective say? I think for me, in my own experience, finding God in tragic things in my own life and in people where maybe I thought I couldn't find God in those things. It's really noticing God in the suffering itself, in whatever suffering is you hold within. And then through that suffering, and it's, again, we come back to Christ, we come back to the incarnation and how God came to us through the body to share in our suffering. And for me, it's always been there. It's always been locating the suffering within myself. Where do I hold that suffering? And locating within me God's healing presence and then taking that out into, well, if I can be healed, if I can suffer, if I can do things to cause suffering, because also locating within you the things that we hold oftentimes inflict suffering on others and and not even on purpose, but just through our own sufferings, we hold guilt, shame, anger. Right. And so that that comes out to other people. So identifying both our own sufferings and the sufferings that perhaps come out of that 
makes it a little easier to sit with, well, what does that person hold? What could that person be holding? What could have happened to him or her in their life to bring them to a place of such anger, of such shame, whatever the emotion may be? But I think it begins with, again, your body and what you hold. You know, Kimmy, as you were talking, two of the Sanskrit words that I find have relevance um, in Ignatian spirituality occurred to me. The first is ahimsa, which is often translated as nonviolence, but on a deeper level, it's a not grasping, it's not taking, it's more of an attending, attention, uh, moving with intention after discerning right steps, in some ways like discernment of spirits. And I heard that coming through what you said about recognizing what you hold and then being able to extend arms out in understanding and healing, or maybe just the ability to sit with what we cannot comprehend. Yeah. And and the other word that I thought of was aparigraha, um, I'm part of the first, what they call the limbs of yoga. It's the Sanskrit word for non-possessiveness, non-greed, non-attachment. And you were talking about releasing, mm-hmm. releasing some of that which we hold, which could be aligned with Ignatian indifference, not mm-hmm. holding tightly. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah, those two, they mirror each other so beautifully just this idea of not getting attached. And again, coming back to this idea of surrender, the suffering surrender, right? Just leaving it all and identifying with, again, coming back to the body that is Christ, identifying with what he went through, what his suffering and the overwhelming, unyielding forgiveness that he just was able to give, even though that's difficult to do. Again, I think it starts in the body, in in releasing what's stuck, what's there. I hear you both really speaking from a place of of that mindful attention that Ignatian spirituality calls us to, that is part of the spirit of the examine prayer, that really is wrapped up in the work of Ignatian discernment. Kathy, you said at the beginning about pausing in order to see God in all things. And how often do we not pause, right? So it, it, this noticing of, of reality of what is, is a form of discernment. How can you hear the voice of God if you don't pause to listen, to notice, to see? Yes, yes. And if we can train our bodies to pause, yes. It's a whole lot easier to train our minds and our thoughts to pause. The two go so closely together as, as, you know, we, I'm sure Kimmy teaches the same way I do. Yoga is not just the physical asanas, the postures. Mm -hmm. Yoga is the unity of mind, spirit, soul, body, all together being able to breathe, right? Breath is such a big, big component of a yoga practice. But what breath does, in addition to inflating our lungs, right, is just help us to slow down and pay attention. 
very often we will just breathe to settle, to enter the space, and then move into a scripture, a poem. All of that happens back to breathing before you even begin any kind of gentle movement. It's so true. I, I, I begin almost every one of my practices with the idea of God breathing into Adam and that creative breath that he, that brought him, you know, to, to life, to, to be living. And just before we even move, close our eyes, sit and feel that breath for a moment. Imagine that breath again, coming back to Ignatian, that prayer of imagination, taking to Genesis, right? That breath, receive that breath and just be for a moment. Every inhale, imagine God breathing into you. And then with that awareness, I always chant, um, here I am, Lord. Yes, here I am. And just sit then with that resonating chant because it, it, we feel that breath. And then bring that to this attention of how the Old Testament fathers answered God when he would call upon them, right? Here I am, Lord. So just this awareness, this this ability to be available to God. That sounds similar to the ways I often start prayer of inviting people to just rest in God's gaze upon them. Mm. You're bringing it really that like sustaining life breath, that spirit, but it's it's all rooted in that Genesis where God God says that we are good, right? That that our being matter is good. And the incarnation at Christmas is a reminder that all matter, which we are included in that, and all things are included in that, is is sanctified. Parts of our tradition have kept these things separate, mind, body, spirit. And I hear both of you really trying to reclaim the parts of our tradition that bring those together into one into one yeah Kimmy I, I was um, listening so carefully when you talked about Genesis which we have as well in some of my classes the part that my group loves is remembering that when Jesus met the apostles somewhat in a turmoil in the post-resurrection appearance, what was the first thing he said? Peace be with you. And he breathed on mm, them. Mm. And especially this time of year, oh. it feels like, oh, right. Mm. <laughs> you, know, you can sit there and remember peace. Yes. Breath. Yes. God. Yes. We have them all right here. Let's just take a minute to remember that. Yes. Yeah. It's so true. And I, and I, I think, you know, one of the things that one of the reasons we called our company Trinity Movement is remind us of that, you know, that that triune God, right? The the, you know, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And Kathy, just listening to that breath, I, I mean, I can almost feel it as you said it. It's just so beautiful. I may have to steal that for my day of reflection tomorrow, but because it is so beautiful and, and it is that, that spiritual breath. And I always love to remind people that really just breathing anytime in the chaos, right? Anytime we're in this, this whether it's a, a heated conversation, whether we're just overwhelmed with the daily activities, come back to the breath because that is God with us all the time. 
And it's something that we really, that, that does whatever we want it to do. It, it, it speeds up as we get stressed. It slows as we calm, but we really don't give it that much attention. And it is just this awareness again, uh, that, that God is with us, that God dwells with us and just stopping for a second to take three deep breaths is so powerful. Yes. Yes. And we don't have to remember to pack our breath. No, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) Yes. It travels wherever we go. (laughs) And then the beautiful thing about it is it's called home at the end of our, our, you know, our earthly pilgrimage. And, And it's just a beautiful thought to remember that it belongs to God. He gave it to us and, and calls it home. Oh, no, Right. I was just going to say um, another Ignatian is for our personalis, right? Care of the whole person, mm-hmm. which starts internally with the breath in our lungs and then completely envelops all of us. You know, we come up with separate topics for these podcasts, but I find that each conversation, we're encompassing all these terms, talking about care of personalis, indifference, discernment. <laughs> <laughs> you can't really separate these mm-hmm. things. Um, how does, for you, how does this internal work with the body and the spirit, the breath, mindfulness, how does that affect how you see God in everyday life and in the people you meet, the things you see and what you experience? Well, I, the way that I can express it best is that I am more, far more calm and Mm -hmm. far more open than I remember being in, you know, in prior years in my life. And I do believe that it's the accumulation of, you know, the practice of prayer, of centering prayer or whatever your contemplative prayer um, practice might be, that the consistency of practice, and we always say yoga is always called practice because you don't get anywhere, right? You are always in the moment. You're not trying to even compete with yourself. You are trying to just be fully aware in the moment. So that ability to be with consciously, openly, would be the only way I could think to express an answer to that particular question. Yes. And, and I think for me, it's about um, uniqueness that we are all created beings and yoga helps us. And I'm sure Kathy in her teaching would agree, right? Yoga helps us identify ourselves as unique and what our abilities and what our inabilities are, which are both, you know, goods from God and, and, um, and things to be celebrated in recognizing that uniqueness. And then through teaching, telling other people, explore the body, celebrate the body. You are unique creations of God. God, you know, and, and celebrating and honoring that through the body, I think it helps you recognize everyone as a unique, physically, but spiritually, mentally, emotionally. So I think that through my teaching, that awareness has become greater. How does your understanding of finding God in all things and just Ignatian spirituality in general, affect your experience and celebration of Christmas? Oh, that's a great question. 
Uh, I think this year, especially, um, and even last year was a good lesson in finding God in all things, because usually we have our family, we have all these little traditions that we do. Right. And last year that was none. You're not going anywhere. You're not, you know, so we really had to kind of be creative with what we did and it started these new traditions. So, and then this year, we happen to, for whatever reason, our families are traveling because everybody can kind of, there's a little bit of freedom there with, you know, where people can go. So they're going to see extended family members and it's just going to be us. It's just going to be my husband, myself, and my three girls. And usually that's not the case. And I'm kind of excited about it. So I think it's finding God for me of course, in all the fun tradition things that you do to bring him into the Christmas time, then it's finding him in the void, maybe, right? In the things that you can't do. And then this year, it's just finding him in the simple, small things. And I'm really excited about it. And it comes back to, again, I guess there's an openness in order, there has to be, I should say, there has to be an openness to find him in all things. And this Christmas season in particular, our schedule's completely open. Mm. So it's a good lesson in embracing that openness. Mm. So offering a completely 180 different perspective, this is the year that all of my family (laughs) will be gathering, not only our kids and grandchildren, but my brothers and their families in a much, much smaller house. So they must, I must say they are not all staying on site because that would not be possible. But the joy, the seeing God in all of them in a way that we haven't been able to do. For many years we did. And then there's been a hiatus of years as you have said, Kimmy, you know, different people have different things. And for whatever reason, this year, God has pulled us all back together, big extended family. And it will be such a beautiful opportunity to just hear how God has been working in all of their lives a little bit more deeply than we can on a Zoom call. <laughs> yes, we're, yeah. we're very much looking forward to that. And... Um, Feeling very prepared. I am feeling very prepared because of the ability and the consistency of my practice in both prayer and yoga. Not to say, ah, oh, this will be three meals a day and not, you know, countless towels after showers and how many meals and count the number of people meals. No, it will all just unfold because Christ is in the middle and it's the reason we're gathering he is the reason so how can it be anything other than finding god in all of it and what a beautiful testament kathy that you have a completely opposite story of me and we're both finding god (laughs) and and it's bringing a joyful freedom as you say it's just going to unfold it sounds like your practice of this of openness and attention and presence and pause is actually enriching your Christmas experience with your family. Definitely. When I was preparing for our meeting today, Andy, I wrote down, and it's something that I, I visit quite often is John chapters 14 through 16 in particular. And 
again, wrapping up this kind of the idea of the incarnation, Kathy and I's practice of kind of bringing mind, body, and spirit together through the practice of prayerful yoga. But he just says, you know, I am in the father, right? That, that, that idea of incarnation, you are in me. And we learn about that saying, right? We identify with our humanness through Christ. So you are in me and I am in you. And that's the location of the spirit within. So it's just this beautiful, again, Trinity, right? Mm -hmm. That we embody that we hold within us. It's such a powerful uh, statement. It's such a powerful awareness that like Kathy said, most people are very surprised by that. They're the surprised that their body contains, you know, John in first Corinthians is, tells us that our body is a temple, right? I mean, so we, I think to just celebrate that and, in this Advent season, especially because what are we doing, right? We're, we're, we're expecting, we're, we're, you know, anticipating the arrival of this body of this incarnate God. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to try to talk my way through this because I know this is not a visual, but what brings everything together for me is the way we begin a practice with hands at heart space and then extending arms out, we call it our Trinitarian opening, and up and back to heart space three times. So this movement of gathering all the grace that is always there for us. And then at the end of practice, starting in the same place with hands at prayer, but coming up through the center and giving all of that grace and awareness and openness and gratitude, always gratitude back to God and to the world. Yes. And so I just, I can better do it than say it, but I hope that mm. was clear. This is all very sacramental in a way, right? That, that this making real God's presence through our body, our movements, through the appreciation of the body as we receive the body of Christ, as we uh, honor the body of the baby Jesus, there really is this true unity of, of mind, body, and spirit. And seeing each of us, as Kimmy said so beautifully earlier, in our uniqueness as very much a necessary part of the body of Christ. Each of us is needed. Mm. Definitely. With all we bring. Well, thank you to the two of you. Is there any way people can find out more information about your own ministry? You obviously offer retreats and days of reflection at Ignatius House, uh, but how can people find out more? Well, for me, uh, just uh, trinity-movement.com. We do classes. We call them Trinity 20, and they're just 20-minute prayerful movement practices that we do every week. We're beginning to do online retreats as well. So um, go there and join us in community and in movement and in prayer. My answer to that question, now that I've moved away and I'm just living a quieter life, I do teach out here and I do teach on Zoom, but my response would probably be to send people to Kimmy. <laughs> Thank you so much, Andy, for this opportunity. And thank you, Kathy. It's always such a pleasure. Thanks for listening. 
Learn more about Ignatius House by visiting us at ignatiushouse.org or following us on social media. And be sure to subscribe to this wherever you listen to podcasts. May the blessing of God be with you always.